record now. So what Dan is describing to Fred is there's half a golf club or there's a full golf club that was no, a there's snap. Two there's two halves. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was uh, snapped. And uh, here, yeah. there, the story, Dan, is this. When I was changing this year's golf bag for a golf bag I had used a couple years ago because it was lighter. I didn't want to take the bigger bag. Yeah. As I was taking the clubs out of that, I, <laughs> I found that club. And I, I was just because I was doing it in the studio. And I sort of laughed. I'm like, that's the last club I broke. And that was, th- I guess, three seasons ago. Was that a, uh, a, a broken in anger or was that just a, you know, wore, wore it out too many times with the old eight iron? Or do you? Well, I, listen, I'd like to, you know, I'd like to say it was broken out. It, it wore out or it snapped because of some natural causes, but that would be a lie, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't look very unique. you know I, I will tell you I, I hadn't you know this was only three years ago when I had you know become golf spiritual leader um, oh. what happened was in a, I, I got pissed at one this was toward the end of the season and I just remember I got you know I got mad and I, and I, I sort of went to it, it snapped I'll just say this it snapped with less force than you would imagine that's what yeah, I'm trying oh, to get yeah. to is that it's the a club's pro- fault of course <laughs> no 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 it's always the club's fault. No, it's not. Usually it's my fault. But in this particular case, I didn't hit it that hard and it snapped. Uh, anyway, okay. <laughs> so I'm just embarrassed because I forgot you were going to be in the studio and I just left it there thinking, oh, I'll just, you know, leave it there till I get back. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I had those clubs. Well, I still do. Uh, what are they made of? Not metal. The uh, graphite titanium. Yeah. Yeah, so years ago, I was on a golf course, and I got frustrated, so I took my club, and I hit my bag with it. Unbeknownst to me that I had actually cracked one of the clubs in the bag. Oh, yeah, I've done that. So the next time I used it, and I swung it and hit the ball, <laughs> and the lower half kept going. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. It was weird. I was so glad there wasn't someone in front of me. They so, would have been impaled. Let, let me get this straight. The great Fred Patterson, the calm, tranquilo Fred Patterson, got frustrated on the golf course just like a regular person. And yeah. in, an, in a fit of anger, smashed his golf bag. Yeah, yeah not even that much. But those graphite clubs, eh? you hit those. It's not like hitting. A... Yeah, so it was the club's fault. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Once again. It wasn't Fred's fault. Um, yeah, this time, that club that Dan showed you there. You can hold it up again, Dan, for demonstration purposes. You'll see how neatly right. it was uh, snapped apart. There it is. There's yeah. the two halves. The uh, TaylorMade 790s, they were just no uh, match for my anger. Right. <laughs> but uh, that was a few seasons ago. And, and this past season, I was very proud of myself. I didn't really even throw a club. I mean, I may have bashed the ground a couple of times. Unlike the season before where toward the end of the season, I was playing my course and I got a little angry and I threw a club into the forest and I couldn't find it. (laughs) And uh, I have told you the story. I finished the round and I had to go back after and the guys were like, hey, where are you going? I'm like, I'm just going to go see if I can find my club in the the forest. So uh, you have an annual uh, lost club. uh, I have an annual meltdown is what I'm saying, Daniel. Uh Um, You know, it's very it's very interesting. Obviously, I'm still a. Well, you know, I'm the golfer. I should be based on how much I play. It's just interesting as I get older, how 
it means less to me. Like I don't have those feelings like sort of mad because this happened or that happened because, you know, you just get it through your head that it always goes back to what you say. You're not that good to be that mad. So that always plays on me. And, you know, when when my uh, brother-in-law, Clyde, and he and I were in Florida, we played about, I don't know, over the month, eight, ten rounds of golf. We never kept score. We just went out and hit the ball and that's great around and shot the shit. And even the last few times we played around here, you got a scorecard. But in the end, we sit down and have a beer. I don't even half the time don't even get to add that up because a lot of guys just have their own scores and their watches now. Right. So, oh, yeah. No, I think that's great with you and Clyde. And, and you know, as far as I, I found that even at my uh, level, I have definitely lost the energy to get that angry. And it doesn't mean I don't get frustrated. I'm mean, you know, competitive person, but I've definitely, you know, that's why I'm laughing at that club being there. Mm-hmm. Because it's been a long time since I, I did that. And even that one wasn't like a classic snap it over your knee. It was just one of those, those things when I, I bashed it against the ground. It snapped. I get more annoyed at bocce. Do you? Well, but, oh, it, when I miss it, shots it, because it's like, because you're, you're good you're at it. You're better than this. Yeah, Fred, exactly. You know you're, you are better than this. <laughs> you're telling me. That's right. No, but it makes sense. You're very, well, you are good at it. Mm-hmm. And that's why you can relate to maybe why I did get frustrated and sometimes do because, you know, I, and I don't happen. It doesn't happen that often. But, you know, when, when you perform way below what you think you should be, it can be a very frustrating game. But I'm not surprised that you get a little angry at Bocce. Bocce's competitive. You're competitive with yourself. You know. Yeah. It's just weird. Some days, you know, you just have a Dan. Some days you just have the range. And then other days it's yeah. like, where is it? It's like golf. You know, some days the club's working and yeah. some days they aren't. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, the hey, problem speaking is, of golf, did you have you uh, in your Mexican experience there done a golf game? I, yeah. I have. A, I, I just, and just put a pin in that for a second, Dan, because I want to comment on what Fred said. The problem with what you just said is you can never predict when that's going to be. Right. You just don't know from day to day. And I'll take Bocce as an example, because one here's why, because your body feels different. You guys might have one of your <laughs> I know you do your little Bocce tournaments or whatever. But, you know, on the first day, you might be flowing. And on the second day, you, you slept differently. And this happens to me as a golfer all the time. I three days in a row. One of those days I'm going to, you know, the your muscles are a little tighter. Uh, Plus, yes, that beach we play on. You know, on any given day, depending on how many people have walked on it or whether it's been groomed, it plays differently. <laughs> and, and that's another great point. You know, like you, if you play your your home course, you know, two or three days in a row or whatever, weekend after weekend, the, the weather's different. The, the wind is different. And I had said this to uh, some golfers a few years ago. I said every first tee of every golf course should have the sign that says past performance is no uh, indication of future results. Right. Uh, to answer your question, Dan, yes, I played yesterday at a course here called Ventanas, and it was my first Mexican golf experience during this trip, and it was, it's, I, I, I could send you a picture, uh, Freddie knows better uh, the area than I do, but it's surrounded by mountains, like small, like, it, it, I tell you what, Freddie, it, it, the whole area looks to me like a little bit like Palm Palm yeah. Desert, you know, it's you're in the desert, what you're in the is. mountains, yeah. and it's just yeah. stunning, Dan. I'll send you a picture from uh, one of the, I took a picture from one of the tea boxes looking down over this valley and all these houses on the side of a hill, and it's just, it's just stunning here. What, uh, Howard, was the temperature yesterday? Mid-20s by the afternoon, probably? 
Yeah, and the weird. Uh, it started out like, like right now. It's six degrees here. Right, cool mornings, and I've been explaining this to a friend of mine lately. I said, take the best summer day that we have without humidity, and that's pretty much San Miguel on a daily basis. Yeah, it's pretty much San Miguel, and it's sort of Palm Springs in the wintertime. You know, no humidity, 23, 24 degrees, and no wind or very little wind. And yeah, it was those beautiful summer days we get up here, and the humidity is off, and it's like everybody's going, Oh, this is perfect. This is exactly (laughs) how I would want the weather to be. Well, that's sad. Is that what they are? Oh, this is great. Oh, man. And there's that place you're sitting in probably doesn't even have an air conditioner they people don't ceiling fans is it because and you'll notice it's made a lot of them are made of stone because in the evening they absorb the cool right and then during the day with ceiling fans that's all you ever need for cooling you know you're right it doesn't there's no heating system here at all no no heating no cooling behind you that fireplace is a gas fireplace if it's cool in the morning you can spark it up okay (laughs) (laughs) okay well you can well all right fine you seem very adamant i'll I'll do them i'll do my best you know he's still mad at me because he wanted me to go look at the uh, rooftop terrace and i just didn't and he's like come on terrace you haven't looked at yet well i i I you have to you have to open it up with a key dan no don't no it's not like i couldn't i went up there and it's four three floors above me and i just didn't have the key with me when i was showing you around yesterday but you have the key Yes, of course yeah. I do. Oh, okay. Because I would like a little tour of that. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's... One thing Dan said I noticed, um, I never say in guys that don't golf a lot, he said, hey, did you have a golf game yesterday? That's sort of an, sort of an awkward question. Like I would say, hey, did you golf yesterday or were you golfing yesterday? Guys that don't golf a lot say, hey, did you have a golf game yesterday? Hmm. A lot of guys don't say that, right? No, I know what you mean. But to it, it, to it's, me, it's uh, someone that... It doesn't obviously golf much, and they call it a game. Like it's know? like yeah, people who are into sports go, uh, you know, do yeah. like sports games. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. yeah, or you know, my or if you were a golfer, you'd say, "Did you play yesterday?" Yes. Yes. And there's nothing, Dan. I'm not. You know me. I'm not criticizing. I'm not. I just <laughs> oh, aren't you? That turn of phrase, to turn of phrase, often sort of gets me a bit. It's like, oh, that person doesn't golf a lot because you rarely have that. Somebody. Yeah. Uh, okay, I'm well, a bit. I see you have a game spot on. You nailed it. Right. Okay, I'm a bit confused. Are we even doing a show today? Or are we just catching up? <laughs> uh, our uh, listen, we're having a great time. I can see the sun starting to come up. I'm an hour earlier than you guys, uh, and I was. Uh, I think I mentioned, you know, our uh, former, I guess he would be our sales, our original sales manager at humbleandfredradio.com. And of course, a guy Fred and I worked with. I've, I've known Bill Hertz since 1991 when I was spent about 15 months at CKFM, which became the mix. And then Fred and I worked with Bill uh, at 2003 when we went over there for that uh, ill-fated career move. And then I went back there in 2008 and I worked with Bill once again when it was uh, Easy Rock, which turned into Boom 97.3. And then Bill worked with Fred and I for the better part of a decade when we started this thing. I give you that perspective only to tell you how long we've all known each other. And I mean, we've talked about Bill on the show and what a kind person and what a great guy he is. But I mentioned, you know, like my little problem yesterday, my only question, my only issue before the show is I was trying to find Keurigate cups. And this, this, this sparked the whole Folgers thing. And by the way, t- when we do the emails on Thursday, it's all about Folgers and jingles. And thanks to everyone that sent us some notes. 
But today, Freddie, I'm drinking a, a cup of coffee because <laughs> I come home yesterday and Hertz comes up to greet me and he's got his coffee maker, which he gave me. And, you know, he, he went and bought a new Dan. He went and bought a new coffee maker and he gave me his old one. And I'm enjoying some beautiful Bill Hertz coffee. So there uh, you go. Is it full? Is it the Folgers? No, no, no. The Folgers was just the no, it's real coffee. The, the Folgers. No, I, no, no, no. What I'm saying is. Yeah, what is the real coffee? You didn't you enjoyed didn't you enjoy that Folgers you were talking about or something? Did you buy that or what did you buy? Okay, so how the discussion started yesterday is they had left some K or Keurig cups right. here and the brand was Folgers and it wasn't very good. Oh, okay. Right. It really it was just sort of like, you know, they had Folgers and they had Dunkin Donuts which I hadn't tried. Bill gave me his coffee maker and he gave me some real coffee, like good, you know, solid. I don't have it in front of me, but like coffee. Okay. Anyway. I get it. Yeah, I forgot because the do- I had mentioned the Dunkin' Donuts, which was good. Although further to that story, remember I said it was the Airbnb, the coffee really good. I said to the guy, what is this? I want some. And it, he, he showed me the pouch of uh, Dunkin' Donuts. So before we crossed the border, I bought a pouch, but it was never as good here at home as it was at that guy's place and i don't and, know and remind me what guy's place was this it was a airbnb on our way to boston oh okay yeah well so, I, I i all by way of saying that you know i'm i'm next door to bill and and ronnie his uh his lady his lady friend of many years and uh, she came home. She was uh, visiting Mexico City for a couple of days. So she's back now. And I was over there for dinner. And the whole thing is almost too magical. It really, it, you know, I, it couldn't have been a softer landing here. And, and uh, it's just the, 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 the them giving me their coffee maker is just sort of the tip of the iceberg of the, the hospitality that I've been shown. And uh, it's quite sweet here. Oh, I know what I was going to tell you, too. Yeah, well, Go ahead. Oh, what? What? No, I said we did get lots of response to the coffee stuff yesterday, and I got a text, maybe you did too, from the great Lori Love, king of the Niagara radio market. Queen of the the, of the Niagara radio market. Oh, yeah, I said, did I say king? Yeah. I said, well, you know, you don't, she, you know, you know, yeah, anyway. Um, <laughs> we don't see gender. You know, yeah. The, yeah. the reigning monarch of the Niagara area. Yes. And she showed me. She sent me a picture of their local store and all the different coffees. And yesterday, I'm in uh, Canadian Tire. In Canadian Tire, you know, sometimes they sell food and coffee. It's weird, you know. No, I know. For whatever and reason. Spices and stuff. And and there was a big, <clears throat> Folgers was on sale, and it was right beside, like, the plumbing antifreeze. It was weird. Because at the front of the place, that's where they put all the stuff that's on sale, where I am. And. <laughs> Yeah. Well, considering what the t- coffee tasted like two days ago, I'm guessing the antifreeze wasn't far from it. Because <laughs> I, I, I will tell you, too, I'll tell you that discussion we had yesterday about different coffees and our parents and such. Until I saw the K-Cup, Dan, that said Folgers, I had forgotten that I couldn't have told you if Folgers was still making coffee. Because when I go get coffee at the store, like the coffee that I've left you there, it's, you know, usually Kicking Horse or Neil Brothers or, you know, some yeah. like really dark, sort of full bodied. But, uh, you know, the majority of I guess it's still true. The majority of people are Maxwell House and Folgers. And you although know. Lori sent me a picture, you know, Tim Hortons has instant coffee. 
So she sent a picture of a uh, of a jar of Tim Hortons instant coffee. <laughs> so it's like the freeze dried kind, or like the yeah, Starbucks, right. Starbucks has a, a version of instant coffee. Yeah, it looks like it because the granules are really big, just like Taster's Choice that I was talking oh, about. Okay, yesterday. yeah, that's yeah. probably what it is. I mean. <laughs> Uh, I had a discussion, uh, we've talked about this before, with the uh, guy that drove me here from Mexico City, and he, and he was talking about his coffee, and he likes Starbucks. And he said uh, something about, I, I just, I, mean, I don't know how the discussion got to this, but I said, you know, you should try McDonald's. And he said, really? I said, oh, yeah. You know, a lot of people don't realize they make a really good cup of coffee. And, and and I will tell you, I've had I had Tim Hortons recently. I had the dark rose this summer, but I've had uh, that McCafe coffee, and I'm sure they have it available in grocery stores too. Yeah, there's a McDonald's in San Miguel. I know there's a Burger King. I remember, but I'm not sure. You know, I haven't been out and about enough to see any of that. I mean, I've basically been in the center of this town, the city, like just once for about an hour or two. So this, you know week, how we're, oh, this, this week, I'm going to say this is what I'm going to do later in the week. I'm just going to go off on my own and, and walk around the city a little bit. But when they find out it's the great Humble Howard, the big radio star from Canada, you may be kidnapped and I will have to pay <laughs> ransom no, through the that's company. Right. <laughs> that's right. And that's uh, what happens down there. So don't be telling people who you are. Oh, well, that's what I'll do. Because I do. I walk around with a big I am Humble Howard t-shirt. Yo, e me Humble Howard. Yeah. Oh, we uh, have Humble Howard. That's right. That's what the cartel is looking for. Hey, did you hear Humble and Fred are doing a show from San Miguel? We must stop it. <clears throat> but um, where the grocery store is there, Kitty Corner. Anyway. At that intersection, there's a place that sells soup. It's very good. If someday you just feel like some soup, it's besides sort of the noodle place. <laughs> Ask Bill. He'll tell you. Why don't we do a half an hour? Because we've done now, we've done over two days, a half an hour on coffee. Tomorrow, maybe we'll start a little uh, thread on soup. No, I know you like a nice soup. I do love soup. Mm-hmm. I do. What I was going to say quickly before I get off uh, talking about Hertz and his beautiful bride, Ronnie. You know, the fruit here. I can't describe it. I was going to show you, Dan, because Fred knows this. I bought some blueberries and some blackberries and some grapes. And when I said to Bill and Ronnie invited me to dinner last night, I said, well, is there anything I can bring? I said, I know. Can I bring you some? Just as a joke, I said, I'll bring some grapes because I bought some grapes the other day. And Bill said, yes, I'm out of grapes. And I said, well, let me bring you some grapes. They're the, the, the grapes are the size of a baby's head. Like you can't honestly, they're like, they're like little mini apples. Dan, I've never seen anything like it. The, and, and the blueberries, you know, I, I have them every day. I like my, my, my cereal. Mm-hmm. Like they're, do you not remember this, Freddie P, that they're, they're, they're huge. Yes. And what I remember is sometimes it's not, not always a product of Mexico, but where they come from, the transportation or the distance is so short that it still maintains that local vibrancy. Yeah. It's something else. Mm-hmm. And, um, You'll notice, too, the chicken is yellow because it's all corn-fed. When you buy chicken mm-hmm. to cook, it's like yellow. It's yellow. Yeah, I haven't. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll talk about this mm-hmm. uh, as the uh, time goes on here because Bill's son, Rob, who I met the other day, and that you asked me about the flavor of the chicken wings. And I still don't have the answer. But his son's in the chicken business and uh, fascinating. He has a pollo which is a chicken distribution dis, dis- what is the word distribute? He give, he sells chicken. 
<laughs> distributor. Um, but chicken master. He's a chicken guy. Oh. And uh, I, I was having listening. I thought you said the chicken gave you poyeria. <laughs> <laughs> poyeria. 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 Let him go. Uh, anyway, I, I, a fascinating guy, and that's you know someone I'd like to interview as well because he's he's been living here for four years. He's been in Mexico for fourteen years. Yeah, and uh, it really has an interesting perspective uh, as a Canadian. In fact, his chicken company, and I got to get this right, I think it's that Canadian. It's not like our buddy Glenn Foster, that Canadian guy, but it's something. Mm. Mm. And uh, he sells wings and he has a poyeria and he's a carpenter. He's a master craftsman and he's an interesting cat. Anyway, um, so I've, we've gone over the coffee. We've gone over the fruit. We've gone over Bill being a great guy. And he gave me his coffee maker. And we'll start the real show here in a second. Are you ready, Dan? Yeah, I'm ready. <sighs> okay. It's a lot of work getting this thing started. How are you, by the way? Are you enjoying um, being... Because Dan, while I'm away, Dan and Clifford and Stan are hanging out in uh, at my place. And there, it's, it's kind of, it looks good there, you know, hanging out in the studio, Dan. Yeah, you know, it's great. It's just all these floors to hang out on, you know. Get bored for a while, go to another floor. <laughs> it's true. new experience awaits. You know, I, I promise you, over the course of the next few months, you're going to get into some really good shape going up and down those stairs, man. <laughs> yeah, I can tell. I, I do have a question, though. You, you don't seem to have a toaster. Do you have a toaster somewhere hidden, hidden away? I tried to have some toast this morning because I like a good toast. You know, Dan, I don't have a toaster, and, and I haven't had one for a while. You know what I do for toast? I just use the broiler. Oh, okay. And then I take the... <laughs> and then what I do... Why, why what? Yeah, I just buy a toaster. Because I don't eat toast very much. Well, He's a man not of toast. Yeah, I'm so. not a big bread guy. But how many you times do you put it under the broiler and you forget? <laughs> toast. For a few seconds and it's say. like black. Well, that's what happened the day I broke that club. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I burnt the toast. All right, Daniel. Oh, my goodness. Hang on. Am I not getting any of this? Hold on. I should be... Oh. See, I didn't test this before the show. Right. Do you just want me to just start and then no, no, figure no. it out while I'm talking? Okay. All right. No, because I um, everything else is working. So this must work then. Hold on. Let me make sure this is coming up. Oh, something happened. Right. Uh, well, this is good. This is That's a good thing. Original sound is on. Let me just check something. Because I had everything set up before uh, Zoom, Zoom. Okay. Oh, I think there's one thing we didn't do. External headphones. Okay, mm-hmm. that's where it's supposed to be. I don't know why I'm not getting any music out of this. Is it supposed to, it's not supposed to be on Zoom Audio, is it? Okay, that's you guys making that noise, right? Whatever noise. Uh, yeah, we can make some noise. No, no, I'm saying the... Well, there's some... Uh, the air conditioning system is on in your place here, so there's... Oh, okay, so that's what I'm hearing. But, yeah, Maybe. I can just go. Oh, no, there we go. Okay, we're back. Dan Duran, everybody. This episode of Humble and Fred is being broadcast to the world from the well-equipped Humble and Fred Studios in trendy Toronto, our subterranean facility in Brampton, and our newest studio in San Miguel de Allende, Mexico. And is brought to you by Bodog, the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, GoDaddy, Aaron Ventures, EVNet.ca, and our newest sponsor, Kelsey's, Canada's original roadhouse since 1978. 
Eat what you want to eat, drink what you want to drink, and be who you want to be. Enjoy classics like the legendary four cheese spinach dip and unforgettable chicken wings. Fuel your adventurous spirit that craves something a little different, a little more original. And now here are two men who, upon hearing the shocking news that Dancing with the Stars judge Len Goodman is retiring, considered becoming judges. And then they reconsidered because their love of dance would require a whole bunch of having to be somewhere on time and with people. It's Humble and Fred. Thank you, Dan Duran. Exceptional as always. Let me just double check this. It's going to be my responsibility. So I'm checking all these flights to Porta Plata. Oh, I'm sorry. That guy sounds like me. Okay. Okay, everything's back. Yes, that was you for a second. Okay, all right. Isn't that weird? You thought that was real Fred? That was uh, recorded Fred. Right. (sighs) Okay. Uh, The guy from Dancing with the Stars. Here's what I can tell you, and I'm being 100% truthful. I've never seen one episode of that show. Uh, Delise watched it. I leave the room. I like, you know, those shows jumped the shark for me years and years ago. She's still into the voice. And it's uh, it's just the same every time. I really couldn't. Other than one person on that show, I couldn't get the rest of them. I'm not even kidding. I know that there's a guy named Blake. Blake Shelton and his wife, Gwen Stefani. So they're judges on that show. Yes. And John Mayer. Oh, okay. And I like some him. girl that I don't know. So the last time I could, I think I remember when that first began, uh, Christina Aguilera was one of the judges. Was she not? Juicy. <laughs> was juicy. Hey, juicy. She's got the, the juice. Um, but we got some stuff to get to. Jeff Lumby, it's going to be interesting because Dan's in the studio in Toronto. Fred's in his basement in Brampton. I'm in San Miguel de Allende. And Jeff Lumby will be joining us from his amazing French studio in um, yeah. Pen Dagenet uh, area. Uh, we can't get specific, but uh, it's going to be something else here when uh, Jeff joins us in a few minutes' time. We're going to talk uh, Jeff and Julie moved to France in a global pandemic. Speaking of which, I want to begin today. Uh, I'm not sure if we talked about this yesterday because it was a bit of a blur to me, but we did hit on this the other day about people having to uh, maybe start to get their heads around masking indoors again. Ontario's chief medical officer of health, Kieran Moore, according to this Toronto Star article, which I can't open. So fucking dumb. I don't want to get into that now, but I just that whole paywall for newspapers. I just never it never worked for me. Anyway, what the headline they want to make money. Say again. How dare they want to make money? I mean, that's really their last bastion of income. Yeah, I, I, I guess. I mean, I, don't, I haven't touched a newspaper. I, I read the uh, San Miguel paper the other day. It was the first time I touched a newsprint. And, but anyway, so that aside, he says, Ontarians, Kieran Moore strongly recommending Ontarians mask in all indoor public settings. Masking will not be mandated. So why this is significant is, you know, we've been talking a little bit about Well, you mentioned it, Freddie, about hospitals and making sure we have capacity. I I don't know. Are we on the way? Are we are we on the way to masking mandates again? Do you think? I don't know. I don't know. Like yesterday, I went to I went and got my second um, shingle shot. Shingle shot uh, power. 
And of course, I wore my mask into there as, as a courtesy to others. But I was surprised the hallway leading into the doctor's office. I passed a couple of people without masks. And I thought, I mean, really, when you're in a facility like that, just put a mask on. Then I went to Costco and there was no, I had a mask on. And I do that for my wife because I know she's super conscious and she wears one. And she's still a big bit freaked out on some level. So I figure a courtesy to hear her all wear a mask so she doesn't have to worry about when I come home. But there was virtually no one wearing a mask in Costco. Then I went to Canadian Tire. Same thing. Yeah. I said, the, the only people you see wearing masks are older people. People that look older than me. I don't know who <laughs> they are. Um, and know, Dan really, so... There is no appetite for that, Howard. I don't know what they're going to do. And Dan only wears a mask when he's uh, doing some of his sescapades. You know, <laughs> he dresses up like a Gucci <clears throat> yeah. Libra. Yeah. I, I'm actually That's surprised. Crazy. I'm surprised that doctor's offices, back to your original scenario. Yeah. I'm really surprised they don't mandate masks. And, and I would say just as like, uh, like I'm never going on an airplane again in the foreseeable future without a mask on. It just makes sense. You're around a bunch of people in enclosed places in an enclosed space. But so your doctor's office didn't doesn't have a, a mandate. Oh, no, no, I'm, I'm sure the doors leading in. There's probably a sign that says, please put on a mask. OK, but people just aren't doing it. Yeah. Um, and I think people got so tired of it. I think it turns some people into resistors, right? I, I, I really believe that. You know what the mindset of people is? You had to wear masks, and then you got to take them off. And, you know, I didn't get COVID, so why would I put one back on? You know, it was, you know, it was overplayed, maybe. Whatever the reason. But right. I was surprised because they warned everybody all weekend long that on Monday, Dr. Moore would be saying this. And even... The premier come out and said, you know, I recommend it. If you're out of the house, put a mask on. Not a mandate, just recommend it. I just thought I would see more. Mm-hmm. But I, it's, uh, and, and what so about what's you? To, what's to come of all that? I, you know, only time will tell, right? And uh, Dan, you've been back in the city now, I guess, just yesterday. Have you seen anyone? Is there anyone more, more people wearing masks now? No. I think that there are less and less people wearing masks. Yeah. I'm I'm a little uh, I, I'm when I go into anywhere that when there's people, I put the mask on for sure. I, you know, Costco's got a huge ceiling and lots of I, not about the the Costco here, but the Costco in Peterborough, which isn't that crowded. But if you're in a crowded Costco or anywhere, then I'm I'm masking. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. So right? you don't you don't wear a mask in Costco because the ceilings are high. No, they're just, they're, it's like being outside. There's not that many people around me. You know, that's kind of my philosophy. If there's not that many people there. No, I hear you. No, I, and I understand that. You know, we got, we got um, COVID in the Baseball Hall of Fame, which was a rooms with low ceilings and no windows. And so I sort of understand that. But you're right. In Costco, huge ceilings and there's a lot of fans i believe going all the time yeah but i mean i know and i don't want to jump on dan but i mean still you're still in in, in, indoors and you're the the people aren't floating above you they're walking by you yeah no and and i'm becoming more and more aware of that as we get into winter i am but but howard if it wasn't for delise i wouldn't have worn one in costco yesterday like i have trouble with them i have trouble breathing i don't know what the hell is the matter with me but I find them extremely uncomfortable. Um, well, but I just want to be able to come home and say to Delisa, I went to Costco and did you wear your mask? And I say, yeah, I did mm-hmm. for you, my sweet. Yeah. I'm, so but I, you, listen, I mean, I, you, you, I, I've had a mask on for, you know, 
for long flights from, you know, back and forth from Europe. And I, you know, I get it. It doesn't, I don't have any trouble breathing with it. And I would rather not wear it. But by the, the reason this thing caught my eyes, I thought, okay, this is like what they, you know what the politicians call it, a, a, a trial balloon, like floating this concept. So yeah. this is in the news for a reason because, and again, back to what you've been talking about, we've been talking about the last few weeks about you know, hospitalizations and uh, being, you know, um, we, uh, mindful of capacity. So I'm asking you, is this, a, are we seeing this now? Is this on the road to having a mandate? Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised because today we expect our first snowfall. People are really going to be inside now more than they have been for the past several months. So it just stands to reason, doesn't it? The one thing I don't agree with is getting these kids at schools to put them on because half the time they're not on properly and they're around their necks. I mean, that's just futile. Like, And I don't think it's the healthiest thing for them. I, but, you know, it's the kids that are getting sick right now yeah, with but, the flu, I was with, say COVID, that. with the RSV or whatever. Yeah, kids are getting sick. Well, every fall, kids get back together. You know, when, when my kids were little, I, I don't – I just remember – when they started to go to school, you know, three, four, five, six, whenever it is, how our household had never been sicker. Do you remember those days when you're like, somebody always had a cold, somebody was always, you know, coming down with something. So it makes sense. Kids, as they gather, because they're playing with each other in close quarters, closer than adults, you know, very few adults ever, you know, spend the day, you know, being that close, you know, coloring together and, you know, you know what I'm saying? So it yeah. makes, in, in a way, it's, of course, kids are going to get sick in the fall. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I'm, I'm putting my mat, when I, you know, when I'm here, I haven't seen anyone, very few people. When we were walking around the Centro the other day, I saw a few people. But, uh, you know, you're spending most of your time here outside. Right. And it comes back to this. And, you know, the resistors, the deniers, whatever you want to call them. If hospital capacity reaches its limit and the emergency rooms are full and they can't handle them, what else can they do? Yeah. So, really, step one would be, you know, there's steps along the way that you have to take to sort of combat that or react to it. And if it's a masking mandate, like, how do you... It'll be really shitty, but how do you say, no, I'm not wearing a mask, I refuse. Like, again, it gets back to that whole thing. You know, we're all in this together, and let's help each other out. Just put a goddamn mask on. Yeah, I don't want to, but yeah. What what's the alternative? And, you know, those same assholes that don't want to put the masks on and resist and everything, just let their kid get really sick. You know, I read a, a, a story yesterday. The kid's... Um, Nose was stuff, and then was so sore, the kid could hardly breathe. So, and there's all sorts of over-the-counter kids' medicine not available right now, which is another compounding factor in this. Yeah. So you rush to the hospital, and your kid can hardly breathe. So, seriously, so, and part of that will be because people don't put masks on, like... I, I don't know what to say to these people. Well, you know, I have a name now. Part. I have a name now for all the people that, yeah. you know, uh, vaccine denier, you know, COVID deniers and vaccine hesitancy and mass deniers. I call them flurries. All the flurries, oh, all the uh, 
All the Canadian flurries can just start to uh, get on board with it. Um, all right, as I mentioned, Jeff Lumby's going to join us. And in the meantime, let's uh, take a second here and talk about these fine people. I'm talking about the uh, folks, my friend, at GoDaddy. Powering small business and entrepreneurs for over 25 years and servicing over 20 million customers worldwide, GoDaddy is where people come to get a domain, create a website, and everything else you need to get your business online. You can even start your website today, by the way, for freezies. No credit card is even required. And you get free 24-7 phone support. That means you call this place and a human being will speak to you to help you every step of the way. Visit GoDaddy.ca to learn more and get that great idea for a small business or side hustle online. 24-7 phone support and so much more at GoDaddy.ca. Here's an idea as well. If you have a portfolio, you're not happy with its performance. Uh, you have second thoughts about it, you might want to talk to our buddy Tim Niblett. Tim, a portfolio manager, Raymond James, a member of the Canadian Investors Protection Fund. Tim will have a look. No strings attached. No obligations. He'll give you the straight goods. He's He can hand it back to you and say, yeah, man, you're on the right track. The guy you have is doing a good job. That's the type of guy Tim is. Okay? However, he may also tell you that you could do better, and then you would come over to the Sherpa side. Okay? RetirementSherpa.ca. Tim Niblett. He'll be on the show tomorrow. Oh, we love him. He's like a big fuzzy bear. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that'll be cool, too, because in a few minutes of time, we're, as I mentioned, we're going to be talking to Lumby. And he's in France. Tomorrow, we'll be talking to Tim. He's at the Southern Sherpa office in... Uh, Hudson, in, uh, Florida. Where? Hudson. Okay, where's that? Was I supposed to say I don't that? know. You could get kidnapped, too. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Can you imagine on a list of all the people that the cartel are going to kidnap where you and I would <laughs> where you and I would be? Yeah, but they make mistakes sometimes. They just hear, you know, because they have their minions on the street. Mm, and they no think, oh, there's a big radio personality here from Toronto. He's got to be worth a few bucks. Grab him. Yeah, meanwhile, yeah, but if 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 the word gets out that there's a big radio personality from Toronto here, they're going to be on the lookout for like, you know, Maureen Holloway or, you know, what's her face? Uh, Marilyn Dennis, you know, they're not on the lookout for humble Howard, a washed up radio guy who's now just puking into a microphone in, in a kitchen. That disgrace guy might be doing a lot of traveling these days. Who knows? You know, it's funny. Unless he's had his passport revoked. (laughs) You know, it's it's funny because you think exactly like I was going to say Derringer. But I thought, no, that's not the reference because he's not a current radio personality, but he is a big time radio personality. Who knows where he is? Maybe he'll be working at one of the golf courses here. Yeah. He'll be caddying. Um. I don't know. I don't, I don't want to get you off guard, but uh, I had a very interesting uh, day yesterday. Did you get to see the Dave Chappelle uh, monologue on Saturday night? You know what I did? I, I had read a story this morning, and I've saved it. I have it, actually. I have okay. it ready to go. I don't know. I haven't previewed it yet, but go ahead and talk okay. to me about it. No, no. I'm just saying because I watched it Saturday night, and I, but I love the guy, right? You know when you love a guy so much, sometimes you... You think sometimes the things might be funnier than they are, but I found it very clever. Yeah. But there was segments where he said a couple of things about Jews, and I'm thinking, should I be laughing at that, or is that over the line? I don't know. I'm not a Jew, right? But the backlash has been pretty severe. 
And then I saw somebody dissect it yesterday uh, on a show and the problems as a Jewish person they have with it. And, you know, he was very clever because the way he sort of set the stage, he did it in such a way that, you know, I'm not saying this, but other people have said this. And then his facial expressions almost agreeing with some of the stuff. It was very complex, Howie. And I just was wondering if you had seen it. And as a Jewish person, what do you think? Was it over the, over the line? Well, you know, it's funny. I, I hadn't read any of that stuff. Yeah. All I saw was that it was well-reviewed, that uh, his appearance on the show was a success. It's the third time he's hosted it since 2016. But I, has, I saw nothing in reference to what you just said. Oh, really? Okay. Well, you will, because it's gaining steam now. I, I, I hope he isn't going to, I hope he's not going to go from this trans kind of thing that he's been involved in, and now he's going to take on the Jews. Like, uh, you know, I was having this discussion last night with Bill a little bit that people are very, it's like our society right now, there's a comfort level with a, a low level of anti Semitism that I've never seen. You know, like all of a sudden, Jews are the target again of of this sort of pop culture. Kanye West and uh, Kyrie Irving, and uh, now Dave Chappelle. Well, maybe that can be today's assignment. Watch it, and we'll talk about it tomorrow. Okay. Because really, you have to see it, obviously. To um, you know, no, I'll take a look at it for sure. I, well, I had put it aside. Yeah. It's funny because I had put it aside uh, as it, for another reason, which was, mm-hmm. oh, Chappelle was on Saturday Night Live, and it was uh, well. Res- in fact, I've got it here in front of me. It says uh, it's from Vulture. Uh, which is an online kind of a pop culture thing. And it says Saturday Night Live recap. Uh, Dave Chappelle takes SNL to a season high and no, mm. no reference. And I'm looking through the article, no mm. reference to, you know, anything to do with uh, the Hebrews. Well, you will. What's the big Jewish league or whatever in the United States? They the, have a problem with NBC allowing it. And what were they? The thinking? Jewish Defamation League, something like that. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's, I'm looking um, at the article. There's nothing in it about references to mm. Jews. Oh, wait a minute. Here we go. Yeah, it'll uh, It was electrifying to watch him get close to the third rail of anti-Semitism while putting Kanye on blast for outright grabbing it and explore the space in between. There you go. Well, that's it. And again, clever. A lot of people said it was clever the way he danced around it, but just some of his reactions, facial expressions, some of the comments he made was... You know, he's not totally distancing himself. Isn't that great? It says here, while he covered a lot of other ground in the monologue, his material about Kanye and Jews felt like a smarter and funnier expression of his comedic mission to test boundaries than anything that's landed him in trouble on Netflix. Well, I will watch that, Frederick. That is a good assignment for me today. All right. And then the other entertainment story is... You saw Jay Leno burnt his face. No. Yeah. What? Was leaning, was leaning over a car engine and it burst into flames. And he's in a burn unit in Los Angeles right now with severe burns to his upper body and face. Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah. Jay Leno, uh, seriously burned from gasoline fire, needs a week or two to get back on my feet. So, wow. Okay. Well, I've got a lot to do. I've, listen, I... will come back I, looking like Fire Marshal. <laughs> I was going to say, as long as... Because he's got that chin, that maybe that's what the part is. is chin mm-hmm. has been singed. Uh, oh, okay. Uh, speak, 
Speaking of Fire Marshal Bill, too, uh, that story, I don't know if you saw that one, that Margaret Atwood and uh, Jim Carrey now on a list of 100 Canadians banned from the Soviet Union. Mm. I bet you Carrey's... Re- that, that, to me, that's a badge of honor. No, I was going to say, how did we get banned from the Soviet Union? Yeah, it really is. Um, okay, well, let's take... Uh, let me get some music here, and uh, let's introduce our guest this morning, who is no stranger to this program. He is the... He's the host of uh, Jeff and Julie Move to France in a Global Pandemic. And he is one of our best uh, friends, and he is a sweet boy. And uh, when I left uh, a couple weeks ago, I'm not going to lie, it was a bit of an emotional goodbye because I had such a great time hanging out with my buddy Jeff Lumby at his place somewhere near Pendagenet. We won't say when because we don't want the cartel to kidnap him. Mm, Uh, Please welcome to our program, Jefferson Lumby. Well, and that's all the time we have. Um, (laughs) (laughs) You know, I don't. I don't. I don't know your middle name. Isn't that weird? I've known you for forty years, and I don't. Do you have a middle name? Well, you know, there's William Jefferson Clinton. Mm -hmm. Your middle name's Bill Clinton. That's right, (laughs) Jefferson William Lumby. Isn't that interesting? Is it Jefferson, not Jeffrey? Really, Jefferson? Wow, interesting. Yeah. Not a fan of the Jeffrey or Joffrey. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, how about Jeffy? Jeffy's fine. As, 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 there are a few, about three people who call me Jeffy. You're one of them, and my sister is one of them. So there you go. You know, it's funny. It came up uh, at dinner last night uh, with uh, Bill. Our, I told. By the way, I gave Bill Hertz your uh, warm regards. Uh, Bill's uh, lady uh, Ronnie said, uh, you know, because Bill calls me Howie, and she said. Yeah. Uh, do many people call you Howie? And I said, well, including Bill, about three. I said, Fred does sometimes. Bill does always. And uh, there's another guy. I can't remember. But he calls me Howie. You yeah, call me. me you, no, you call me Howie once in a while when you're, do, when, you're doing, when you're doing Paul Chan. You call me Howie. Oh, right. That's right. This is a guy. When, that, you're, all, when you're all fired up, I call you Howitzer. <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> but uh, there was a guy so, that uh, so always always called yeah. him Howitzer. <laughs> yeah. Oh, hilarious! Oh, hilarious, Lumby. Uh, there was a guy that we worked next to. Uh, Jeff and I first started working together in Moose Jaw. There was a a restaurant next to the radio station, and we would come in. And this uh, this gentleman had known me and my my family as long as I'd lived in Moose Jaw. And, and Lumby does a a spot on impression of him. Now, can we even do that? Anymore? I was going to say in, in 2022, can a guy do an impression of another guy if that other guy happens to be a not a Caucasian? Well, he's Asian. And, uh, you know, like I, I still will go to the mat on this because uh, I, I think that that's what an actor is supposed to be able to do. That's mm-hmm. the definition of an actor is to play other parts. So, um, you know, but thanks to guys like Hank Azaria, uh, who made... Eight billion dollars off the voice of Opu, and then said, "Oh, wait a minute! I think this is wrong. Right. Give the money back." I'm just wondering. Well, but, um, but before you do, I'd say this: if the guy that I'm talking about was Irish or Spanish or Italian no or Scottish or English, Jeff would be doing it already. Well, I, I don't. I can. I don't care. I'll do it. I mean, yeah, it, I, it, I don't care either. It's it's it's. Yeah, well, so this was a, it was, first of all, there's a lot of uh, history behind this little restaurant. And uh, the guys who ran it were just, uh, there was Paul and Freeman. Freeman, Paul Chow and Freeman. 
Chow. Now, Freeman was what? Paul's brother? Yeah, one of those. But uh, it was called the modern. It was called the modern cafe, Fred. Then it burnt down, and they rebuilt it and called it the new modern. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> that was as far as they. That meeting was very short. What should we call it? Yeah. Let's call it the new modern cafe. Done. What's next? <laughs> oh, we would go in there, and it would be, "Hey, Jeff, how are you? Okay, large milk. I always like that. My milk, large mm-hmm. milk for you. Hey, Howie, how are you, Howie? That's so right. Freeman would always call you Howie, and they would say. Hello, Howie. I know your daddy. And that's every, I know your daddy is what they said to me every time they saw me. I'm going, I know you've known me since I was a boy. Hello. Well, and, and your daddy worked two doors down. Of <laughs> that's course. right. Of course, you knew my daddy because he's in the store next door to you. Anyway, it is interesting, though, because that's the way the guy sounded. That's, that's exactly exactly. It. That's the that's way the, guy the, way the man sounded. And. You know, we've often talked about this on the show. There's some squiggly line here where if you sit here and do a Scottish guy, it's okay. Or, you know, you know, Italian now is gray area, but Asian's completely off limits. Like, how do you keep up with this shit? I mean, really. And, and, sh- and, and should Gary Sinise uh, uh, rescind his role on uh, on Forrest Gump because he has two legs? I mean, I- I'm just wondering, like, right. wh- where does it end? You know? Well, well, Jeff, you've been around the casting world. That's become a real big thing, right? If, if there's a role... For an Asian person, you can't even think about getting a white person to play the role and and make them up like an Asian person, which has happened traditionally through the years. I mean, that just doesn't happen now, right? No, but there is a huge double standard, and it happens Mm -hmm. in animation where uh, uh, people of color play Mm -hmm. white people on a regular basis, Mm -hmm. regular, and even to this day. And I mean, there are, and and, and I I, I have no problem with it because the people that they're hiring are doing, like there are a couple of guys I have in my mind in the Toronto uh, animation world uh, who are just amazing uh, actors, and they've got large roles playing white people, but the reverse will never happen. It may happen again someday, but because again, it's all about that pendulum, right? Well, we had this discussion, but but Freddie, there's a big difference between you know, somebody being made up to look Asian back in the 50s and 60s, you know, and, 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 and what we're talking about, though, is people doing voices. And, and Fred and mm-hmm. I have had this discussion on the show for a really long time. Like, I could put on a Spanish accent and, and pretend to talk like the caddy that, that caddied for me yesterday. Mm-hmm. I could do that. But if he was Asian... I would not only would I, I probably right. just wouldn't bother going there mm-hmm. because for some reason... Jeff and I doing these voices of, of guys I knew as a kid. These were part mm-hmm. of my life. Paul and Freeman were people I'd known forever. And I, and we used to do their voices. I would, the reason we hesitated is because they're Asian. And I would right. say the same thing if they were black or if they were, you know, I was trying to think of something where you wouldn't touch well, that. Now, here, here's one. Can, can I do, can I do a Jewish accent? Uh, like, does it, yeah, you could. Does, but but you see now the, this is where where I wonder where the lines are drawn. Like I don't have a problem, well, exactly. Yeah. You know, with it, but uh, it, it because it is it's voice. It's and then and then then you look back and you go, okay, who better to play Peter Sellers' role in the party than Peter Sellers, right, on the planet? Well, no, I get it, and that's you know that's a great example because that would not happen now. 
No, would not happen. It now. just would not happen. I again, I'm dating myself. The other day, I'm flipping around and ooh, I landed on the Three Stooges. In one of the episodes, all three of them were dressed up as Asian people, like over the top, right? Yeah. Oh and yeah. That would not fly now. But I'm thinking they they were trying to infiltrate some Chinese thing. So <laughs> I'm thinking, well, that's the way you would do it, I yeah. guess. So, but I think but some that people, would never happen. Well, mm-hmm. I don't know about that. I think some people mm-hmm. get a pass. What about uh, Robert uh, Robert uh, Downey Jr. on Tropic Thunder? Yeah, I know, but that's 15 years old now. I bet you they wouldn't make that movie a lot today. Changed, a yeah. lot has changed. Jeff, I was going to say about what Fred just said. How many? And this came up on the show recently. I can't remember why we were talking about it, but on Bugs Bunny, Bugs oh, would yeah. Bugs would pretend to be Japanese, and he had the buck teeth. And 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 that's a I, we listen. We're not defending it. It's just saying at that time, no one thought anything of it. And and this is a, interesting that we're having this conversation because Jeff and I. And Julie and uh, ex-wife Randy, who we all hung out. We had this conversation at, when I was in, in hanging out with you. Yeah. Um, well, you know, Looney, Looney, Teens, uh, Looney Tunes have been pretty much erased from the uh, general um, accessibility, whatever you want yeah. to call it. They're gone yeah. for that reason. And, you know, that whole thing with, uh, you know, uh, Mel Lastman, the mayor, when he said he didn't want to go to that African country because he'd be boiled in a pot. <laughs> That's right. That was a direct, you know, that was a direct connection to Looney Tunes because it used to happen all the time. The big native guys would jump <laughs> around right. and throw guys and white guys in pots and boil them. <laughs> Don't you yeah. remember? Isn't that funny? We, I, I know it's, it's somebody else's joke, but it's like, basically, didn't we all think that quicksand and being boiled by people in a big pot was going to be a much bigger part of our lives? Right. Because it was such a part of our childhood. Um, anyway, let's get yeah. on to someone else. Jeff, uh, We've talked a lot about, uh, I I said to Jeff when I said goodbye to him in Toulouse, I said, it's going to be weird because the next time we do the show together, I'll be in Mexico, you'll be in France, Freddie will be in Brampton. And because of the technology, and I had this discussion with Bill and Ronnie last night, his lady, I said, you know, this has extended the life of our show, uh, you know, for the foreseeable future because we can do it anywhere. And, and at some point, do you think you'll get back into doing voiceover from a remote location? Because that's part of the, the world of animation and voiceover now. Yeah, I mean, I'm waiting for the fiber to get in. It's sitting out in the road right now underground, and it's been there since December. And all I want for them to do is hook me up here, and then I can tap into any studio in the world through a a program mm. called Source Connect. And Source Connect is it's it's studio quality, like it's you know, high-end studio quality. And it's like just a minuscule amount of latency. So you can actually even do a dialogue commercial with somebody in any studio in the world. And I've already purchased the software, which was a fortune. And I'm just waiting for the fiber. But I, I do, I mean, you know, Howard, the studio is set up to go here. Well, it's fast. And what do you, wait a second. You're saying that the, the French people have put the fiber in where you can see it, but you can't get it from the road to your studio. That's odd. Yeah, it's underground. <laughs> they put it in live. Yeah, it's, it's almost like That's a strange. Tease. We will put it here. <laughs> That's like Bill Maher with his solar panels. Have you ever followed that story? Oh, no, I haven't. All the red tape in California with that kind of stuff. So he's being a good citizen. He decides to go solar in his house. All the panels are lined up there, and he can't get them hooked up because of the red tape. It's quite the story, especially when you consider oh. it's green energy. Wow. Down, yeah. Jeff, well, he, he he's got a number of issues. What what was it that that he said that he couldn't do if he wanted to right now? I can't remember. But he's uh, he's 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 had some really good uh, comments lately, hasn't he, Mister Mar? Yeah. Um, Jeff, I'm not sure because I hadn't really talked to you about what we were going to talk about. But uh, 
did you have any energy to talk about your recent I mean, I know it's part um, well, because if you listen, the full story that we're about to talk about is that Jeff and Julie moved to France. Uh, I think it's episode 41 or 42. Will you guys discuss it? The the last one? Yes. Or the one that I was involved in. Have you you've broken that one down? 41, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I don't know even how to I don't even know how to broach this because it's just such a schmozzle. But um, uh, we've. So basically, everything that could have gone wrong went wrong on this move. Uh, they arrived late, two hours late to pick up the stuff and then proceeded to forget the entire contents of the locker in Toronto. And just give some context. <laughs> Jeff sold his uh, yeah, Jeff and Julie had an apartment in Toronto and just condo, a recent yeah. condo and just recently moved. We're, we're trying to move the contents of that condo. Yeah. To Without where being he, there. Yeah. Par- pardon me? Without being there. Without being there, yeah, and our yeah. our amazing real estate uh, agent was there, kind of overseeing it. But she's, you know, she she's not a professional packer, so she was oh. just kind of there to open the door. And they had their walking orders, they had their instructions, and uh, so uh, they they forgot the contents of that. That now, by the way, they picked this stuff up in July. It was supposed to be here at the end of August. It arrived while Howard was here on October twenty eighth, <laughs> and I, we couldn't move it. They said there'll be extra fees. So, you know, I said to Howard and Randy, well, like, if you guys don't mind, it's, it's just going to be a light load. And uh, so, Fred, they show up with one guy. Yeah. Mm. One guy. At wow. first, when the, it was funny because it was, that, it was a beautiful day. And uh, Jeff and Julie had said to us when we got there, listen, guys, listen, Friday, don't worry. This is going to happen. It'll be a couple hours. And then we're going to, you know, we'll go on with the rest of our day. And so when the guy shows up, Jeff and I go to the, you know, the top of his drive and, you know, we see the truck and it's great here. The truck's here and we're, we're looking in the cab. And I said to Jeff, I said, well, I only see one guy. And I'm thinking, are the other guys inside the truck? I mean, like, you know, well, we've all. And, 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 and the last move, they followed in another truck. So then that's when I said to you, well, they're probably just coming in another truck behind. Because, Freddie, everyone's had a move when you and the guys mm-hmm. show up and there's, mm-hmm. you know, it's not like, you know, your entire contents show up in a big panel van. It's not like, where are the rest of the people? So right. that was the first little bit of a red flag. Yeah. And the guy was great. He, he you know, he mitigated as he as he could but then then the next thing we find out and uh th- that every single piece with very few exceptions of furniture is either missing completely destroyed or oh. damaged oh yeah oh. to the tune of and i've already submitted the claim just under ten thousand dollars worth of damage or lost oh. goods oh from a 700 square foot condo where half of it isn't even here. <laughs> yeah, it was something. Anyway, yeah, I know. So I've had several discussions with them. They are, you know, uh, over the moon uh, apologetic. Okay. Oh, they are? Oh, oh yeah, oh, they're yeah. handling so, it great. I think they're handling it great. I thought you handled it great, too. As well. I'm going to get to that point in a second. Yeah, well, uh, what what else can you do? I mean, I, I you know, I I let them know, obviously, how upset we were. And I mean... Uh, and and so they they've off they've made an offer and I just said well and it's 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 okay but it's you know I mean nothing went right we un, we unpacked everything yeah. they were supposed to <laughs> by the way one of the things that was missing is all the hardware for the bed so we moved the bed into the house we start putting it together with the the second group of guys who came <laughs> didn't tell you about that 
they came last Friday or two Fridays ago, and uh, there was no hardware for the bed. So now it's just strewn all over the place. So, you know, I, I told the guy more went wrong here than went right. So here's what I said to him. I said, I appreciate, you know, the offer. But why don't we wait for the other stuff to get here mm-hmm. and see how much that stuff's damaged before we come to some final arrangement here? Mm-hmm. But I got to tell you, back to that Friday when the guy shows up, there's one guy, Jeff and I are helping him the best we can unload the truck, put it into a place that, you know, they can, you know, access it later. Access it. And, and I, it was about a three hour experience. And I got to tell you, like I said, you know, all of us, the three of us are all a little bit can be a bit frustrated and a bit impatient. But I was so uh, I just admire the fact the way you handle it, because it wasn't the guy's fault. You can't give him shit. And he was such a nice guy. Patrick, this uh, dude on his own. And he appreciated us. And, you know, we got him water and we helped him out and we all sort of pitched in. But, you know, it's frustrating when, you know, especially we've all done moves. That's why I think it's relatable. We've all moved, you know, houses or apartments. And, you know, it it can be a bit um, it's a lot of stress on that day, but imagine doing it overseas. Your stuff's coming from across the world and it shows up. And here's the thing, Freddie. So Jeff's got a, a television, it's a big screen TV. I don't know, 55, 65 inch TV. And it comes out of the truck. <laughs> um, you can see that it's been packed just in cardboard and one yeah. quarter of the edge of it. You can is actually exposed and it's just shredded. Just, <laughs> just shattered. To, just shattered. And I said to myself, I'm like, oh, fuck, when Lumby sees this, man. Mm-hmm. But well, in Toronto, was it not a reputable company? It, that it was. was. Well, yeah, it's, yeah, it's AMJ Campbell. And, uh, oh, that's and, weird. And, 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 you know, the other thing is, the, like, we had a piece of uh, metal art that is, uh, you know, has these little fingers. It's, it's, it's modern art, right? But it's really cool. And it was just wrapped in a piece of plastic. So they were all like, eh. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> well, I, that, was, that was weird. But the TV is the one that got me because it literally it was destroyed. It was destroyed. It's, it's still sitting in the dry, in the carport here, Howard. You know, we could shoot pucks at it now. I don't care. Well, uh, my question would be, given the, you know, what you went through with having cars brought over and all that other stuff, why? Did you want the contents of a 700-foot condo brought to France when maybe you could have just dispersed it in in, in Toronto well, or Canada and, and well, taken first the of, First of all, a lot of documents and stuff that we need because of the sale of the company were down in the locker and they're on their way. The other thing is the furniture from the condo is going to be perfect for the guest house. So it all kind of – and, and you know, right. to – you sell it for for five cents, and then you got to spend you know twenty thousand bucks furnishing. Well, that's a good point. Yeah. You, you know, I mean, so and, and some of that you know, stuff used, you, used furniture is is of no value. Yeah, and, know, and but know. some of that stuff you brought over, like the art, was of sentimental value. That uh, long. Mm-hmm. The other thing that was damaged, the beautiful piece that had the chunks taken out of it. Some of that stuff has been with you guys for a long time. But I was yeah. one. I only brought it up because I and, and if you want to hear the full story, it's fascinating. Go. It's Jeff and Julie moved to France in the middle of a global pandemic produced by the Humble and Fred uh, business yes. uh, podcast production. And we want you to go check it out. It's available on Spotify and everywhere else that you can find a um, uh, podcast. Now- I will just say this in, 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 in fairness or in deference to the, to the guys there, uh, Cody, who, uh, is my contact over there. He's been, you know, uh, jumping through hoops to, to mitigate this thing. So he feels horrible. They feel horrible. I have no doubt in my mind that we're going to come to some arrangement here. 
But a lot of it is indelible, right? A lot of it is, uh, I can't make that go away, you know, but uh, right. they're doing their best. And the, the challenges you've had during this move, are you one of those guys, do you ever think, oh, the, this is a bad omen. Maybe I should have never moved here. <laughs> are you that type of guy? No, I don't think of it that way, but I certainly think because, of it. Because, you know, you would, you could understand that if things continuously go wrong, right? Well, like, I, I wonder if in my last life I kicked a puppy or something. Like, I, <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. you know uh, but uh, no, you know, you, <laughs> uh, but one thing I, I know my wife, if she knew what was in front of us would not. You know, in, in yeah. retrospect, wouldn't wouldn't do this. Yeah, right? that's right. a great question. Okay, and and that you know, seeing what like I got there in two after, two years after Jeff did this, I arrived. Dan was there the week before me, and it was all part of Guestober, which is a bunch of people that came to visit Jeff all in the same right. month. So we all got to see it after the fact. But during the move and the and the remodeling and all the construction, you know, I saw pictures. And just like how stunning the, the, the vistas are around Jeff's place, the pictures don't do it justice. I had really, I don't know how to put this, like no sense of how, how much needed to get done. And, and that's why I, I would, that's a great question, Freddie. If you know, if you knew mm-hmm. now mm-hmm. all the stuff you had to go through, I don't know that it's, I don't know how you guys did it. No, I still don't know how we did it. And I, 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 I will say this, uh, if you're, unilingual english and you're thinking of doing this move do not you've got to speak some french here and 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 so so but by that by the same token the lion's share of all the nasty dealing with the government all that crap has fallen on julie's lap and she's about you know here now (laughs) with all that crap so what got you through it it was increments right it was like yeah you didn't obviously know the big picture so each little challenge ultimately gets you through it but and you know what i gotta say that while everybody else and this is maybe i mean this is me making lemonade it's like that's possible but uh, oh yes it know, is yes yes I, but but if it, while everyone was in lockdown we were moving mm-hmm. so we were we were actually accomplishing something while everybody was going out of their minds we were non like from the sale of our house you know, bringing people through during COVID, the sale of our house to the move to bring, you know, schlepping dogs over here and all the stuff that went on. That was all happening during COVID. So we were productive. Yeah, but don't sell yourself too short because Julie handled all the red tape and the bureaucracy and all the licensing and all the health concerns and all the government. But you ordered croissants. That's true. I can order croissants. <laughs> you can, I, I was, I've seen you do it. Oh, have you seen the calories them. in those bastards? Oh, Jesus. my God. It doesn't matter. I don't care. I still. I was going through some pictures, Jeff, the other day. I was on the flight and I was just sort of bored for a bit. And I was going through one of the pictures I took was the first day you and I went to the place with the croissants, the boulangerie. And I was like, well, I I took a picture of this croissant so I could send it to my kids. I don't know how you're not 400 pounds because I could eat. I could just eat those all day. Oh, they're yeah. Well, we only have them when we have company. (laughs) Damn. Well, yeah, that's a good move. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, we still we still have baguettes. Like they're so good. Well, Howard, eh? Yeah. They're so good. I mean, <laughs> we had the bread. bread here is nuts. Well, Freddie's mm-hmm. experienced it, but uh, you know, for people who haven't, I, again, we were earlier in the show. Dan was trying to find a toaster in my house, and I, I, I literally don't eat toast very often. But when I was in France with you, 
and in Paris as well with ex-wife Randy, I had bread every meal, every single meal, because when, you know, they just serve bread with everything you order, even if you order a sandwich. Yeah. (laughs) I told you when we were in Tuscany a few years ago, we rented some place on a hillside. And when we woke up in the morning, the people that actually owned it were baking croissants. And I can't. I'll never get that out of my head. I can still smell them, like waking up in this beautiful atmosphere and smelling that. Yeah. I quite like it. You don't get a lot of that over here. <laughs> no, and that's why when you go on holiday, you mm-hmm. should partake in that kind of thing because it's, it's – here's the excuse you can use. It's cultural. It's right. <laughs> it's, sure. Mm-hmm. Well, we had certainly soaked up. I've talked a lot about the trip and, and – you know, I can tell you, you know, it was really a great experience. And I was so proud of you. And I was so admired because all the things and Jeff's honestly, if you want to hear what Jeff went through, and I, I highly recommend you go back and start at the beginning because it's quite an odyssey. And it's the perfect podcast, almost like a serial, like an episode to episode. You get to hear the evolution of what Lumby and his uh, lovely bride, Julie, have gone through. But just seeing how you've assimilated and all the people you know and, you know, Jeff's driving around all of the countryside with no GPS. Just, you know, it's I know that sounds but it's it's not easy to get around there and it's not easy to do what you've done. You know, it's not like a lot of people retire. Well, dude, it's not like a, a lot of people retire to some gated community in Florida or Arizona and. It takes a lot of effort to do what you did. Well, no, did. Little, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, I'm that, no, I'm ahead. sorry. You go. No, ahead. I was just going to say, I, I sit here and here's what I think of. Um, what is it over there? Two o'clock in the afternoon? Whatever. What is it? Yeah. Two, two thirty. Yeah. Like, what was your day like? Like, there you are in a whole different country, detached really from friends and family. What was your day like today? Like, Well, uh, yesterday I got my little heater for my workshop uh, delivered, and I installed that. And then I'm, I'm, I'm building new shutters for the house. So I was up at 5 this morning, uh, checked some scores, and then went in and uh, started working on those again. Mm-hmm. Uh, had a little nap before uh, our show here so that I'm nice and sharp. Mm. You know? Grandpa. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, for you. No, mm-hmm. but uh, and on the weekend, did a ton of yard work because we got a little rain. You know, there's always something to do. And then I've got, like, these little guys behind me if I want to just come and fart around and right. uh, play some drums. No, I'm, I'm, I'm a busy guy, I, I got to tell you. And and uh and then and then so th- on the next podcast we're going to uh Chateau Duras which is about just under an hour away and we're going to include lots of uh, photos of that and check that out we've seen lots of sites here so we are on the move quite a bit as well Fred and it's it's like Howard will attest you, you can you can spend 20 years here driving one hour from our house and yeah. not see the same place twice. It's it's amazing. And they're forecasting the first measurable snow here today. So and you don't even and you don't. And what's with the flu there in Canada? Yeah. What do you got? What, what are you the new China? What, what, what's <laughs> yeah, like, I, I read an article that there are three flus converging, including a covid strain. Uh huh. RSV. Hey, speaking of COVID, uh, that's another thing. I had, it turned out, uh, you know, I thought I was, I thought, well, we, we all assumed I had COVID. Uh, as soon as I got home, I tested myself and I was positive for a week, but, and I was fascinated. Randy got it, but you and Julie, nothing? No. 
Nothing. And and I was thinking, you know, had that been another time, you wouldn't have been able to get on the flight because you right. needed to provide the, the results. Remember? Dude, a year. Well, when I was in Italy, a year before I came to visit you, if I'd gotten sick like that, I'd still be in France. You know, you'd still have yeah. to be there for 14 days, et cetera, et cetera. But, um, you know, and we were talking earlier, Howard, about, you know, his mask mandates coming back. What concerns me now is... You know, when you travel in the winter like I have, you got to make plans two and three months in advance. Who the hell knows what's going to happen between then and now? Like, no, I don't want right. to be in a position. These plans I've made now, which comes which come with a cost. What? What if all those restrictions are back? I shudder. I well, shudder. yeah, I know. Well, let's hope that doesn't happen because I, I would love to get on a plane. And go visit uh, Lumby in France again. And I, I highly recommend it to all our listeners. Uh, if you're looking, <laughs> you know, listen, just send Jeff and Julie a note. Uh, they'll, they're, right now they're booking for fall 2023. <laughs> uh, listen, man, I've, I've told Buddy, you this. We had a great time with yeah. you and Randy. And, uh, you know, just any old time, even if you want to just spin spin down for five days or something by yourself. It's, uh, I got lots of jobs for you. No, I so sure. If the Fred man came, what's the uh, most popular French beer? Well, the most popular French beer is probably, you know, says uh, uh, 64, right? Yeah. But, oh, right. But, mm-hmm. but, but, but everybody drinks the Belgian beers here. All the Abbey beers, Lef and yeah. Afligam. And I was good. I told Fred that we, we, you had a real Lef and I had the non alcoholic Lef, whatever. And mm-hmm. it was one of the best ones I've ever had. And, and right, by the yeah. way, and the beer that you bought me, I couldn't remember the name of it, Gravelburg or something? Uh, Grimbergen. Grimbergen. Just unbelievable. Uh, Jeff yeah. and Julie moved to France in a global pandemic, uh, part of the Humble and Fred Network. And uh, as I've told you, like it was the greatest time. And I, I reiterate just how how admire, uh, adm- admirable it is that you guys have pulled this off because it wasn't it wasn't an easy move. And, uh, conti- and it continues not to be easy. <laughs> That's right. I was going to say. And, and But you know what? It's great uh, content for your podcast, eh? Uh, I guess so. All I right. So, listen, yeah. Jeffy. Thanks, my friend. Jefferson Lumby, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks, guys. Yeah, Jeff, All right, pal. Mexico, buddy. Right on. Oh, yeah. It's fantastic. All right. Uh, Dan Duran's news is coming up here in a second. But first, Freddie, let's uh, catch up with some of our fine supporters here on the Humble and Fred Network. Okay, Howie, we will do that. Um, we will talk about Bodog. And, uh, you know, Bodog. Anything you want to wager on, you can do it. Just go to Bodog, search it. You'll be there. Whether you're a sports better, a horse racing fan, poker, casino player, Bodog, your number one source of online gambling entertainment from their industry leading odds, world class sports book, and feature rich poker room to their fully loaded casino and race book. They've been providing Canadian players with an unparalleled gaming experience since 1994. You can even, you know, you can wager on your Grey Cup. I haven't looked at the line yet. We'll see. Got to imagine the Winnipeg Blue Bombers uh, will be the favorite, but we will see. All right. There's some injury questions that have to be addressed, I'm sure, before the final line is set. You know, speaking of the uh, uh, Toronto Argonauts, which we're not really, except that you brought up the Grey Cup. I, uh, I, I, I shouldn't have started this sentence because I can't remember the guy's name. But our quarterback has three names. Yeah, McLeod Bethel Thompson. Which, if nothing else, which if nothing else endears me to him because he's like, oh, that's cool. Mac- What's it again, McLeod Bethel Thompson? 
All right. But a lot of those hyphenated names now, eh? because, you know, he would be in his late 20s, early 30s, and he came from, came from an era when a lot of that started to happen, right? Yeah, exactly. You um, had to have both names of the parents. You know, one of the things that's happening, and we predicted it because we know our audience, when Kelsey's uh, first signed on and we talked about what we would do and how we would promote the company, we predicted uh, that our audience would uh, go to Kelsey's because we told them to. And I'm not, I'm not saying that like a dick. I'm just saying we, I knew, I knew, we knew that once we started talking about Kelsey's, uh, that our audience would go, oh, Kelsey's, Humble and Fred. Well, I'll go support the boys. And sure enough, that's happening. On Thursday, we'll talk and, and, it, and we'll go over some of the people that have gone to Kelsey's and taken pictures of themselves enjoying the fine fare at Kelsey's. And you can too, by the way. Did you know that Kelsey's has been winging it since 1978? Try their legendary chicken wings for half-price wings every Thursday. Sauced and styled how you like them. And why not wash them down with a $6 Coors Light? I said $6 Coors Light 16-ounce draft. What are you waiting for? Grab your buds and head to Kelsey's this wing night and celebrate the start of the weekend the right way. Uh, Offer valid with a purchase of a beverage. Must be legal drinking age. Please drink responsibly. And as we've said a few times... Don't forget when you're there to enter for your chance to win over 500 prizes, including NFL jerseys, soccer jerseys, and swag, and the grand prize VIP Super Bowl 57 experience. All you have to do is visit the Roadhouse to watch a game, get a ticket, and enter the win, and enter to win. Uh, Game night should not be a tame night. Grab your buds and visit Kelsey's today, the original Roadhouse. Go to kelseys.ca for more details. And I I just want to say as another side note, if you're... And again, I've gotten several, you've seen several uh, notes from people. And again, we haven't asked you to do this. And in this case, we didn't ask. But I just want to say, uh, if you do happen to want to go to a Kelsey's during this next month, it would be so cool if you could do what Darlene and a few other people that listen to us have done, which is take a picture of yourself, send it to us, and we'll send it to Kelsey's. Okay? It wouldn't be a bad thing if you did that for us. We'd really appreciate it. You'll be helping the fellas out immensely. Um, yeah, it's not easy to do. And by the way, when I say gated community, I got nothing wrong. Nothing against a gated community. I'm staying in a gated community now. Well, I'm okay. A gated community. Yeah, it's fine. And it's easy. And uh, there where you are, you just walk up to the gate and say, I need a cab. And they call a cab. No, I know. It's fantastic. But uh, there's a lot. There's a lot. There's a lot easier things to do when you retire than what they did. And you asked, I think you asked a great question too about what, what does he do in a day? I'll tell you, I was up every morning somewhere between six thirty and seven and Jeff and I would have a coffee and, and it's going to sound hokey, but we'd watch the sun come up cause it's stunning. You know, we just part of, we sitting there talking and then at some point pause and go, look at this. <laughs> it just, you know, it's that it's every day starts with this incredible sunrise over his property, over this valley that he is part of. And it's, it really is something, man. Well, Howard, where you are, you know, some night at sunset, go up on that um, terrace that you have there and watch the sunset over the mountains there. Mm-hmm. Take your freaking breath away. Yeah, man. I command you. Okay, all right. Um, listen, there's a whole bunch of other stuff. I'm just waiting for Dan to come back. 
Uh, do you, I have like 10 things we could get started on, but I'm not sure how much time we have left. Uh, we, well, here, 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 here's one quickly. Yeah, I was going to say, because like I don't have the I don't, old I don't, guy story. Yeah, because um, I don't have the energy for Trump stuff today. I'm sorry? I was going to say, I don't have the energy for Trump stuff today. No, 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 no. I'm not. This is announced this morning or yesterday. The world population has hit 8 billion. And it says here, creating many challenges. I laugh at that story because a lot of the conspiracy theorists through COVID and the vaccine claim that, you know, it's to reduce world population. Right? <laughs> yeah, so, exactly. I, but anyway, I don't have a lot of time for that. But you talk about, I remember as a kid in school, the population of the world was 3 billion. <laughs> I remember that vividly. See, I don't. When we first learned geography, you know, and population of Canada, and then what the world was, it was three billion. So I had that same story. I, I wrote it down. World population hits eight billion. Mm-hmm. And by the way, I have the same story. Uh oh, world population hits eight billion. Oh, okay. Well, let's not steal Dan's thunder because well, it's, it's already done. We don't know. Just so. on your shoe, Dan. Dan, we can get. Here, here's what we'll do. We'll introduce you. You do the news, and you'll just we'll, you'll surprise us with the story. <laughs> Okay. We want your take on it. Exactly. We want to see where you're going to go with it because uh, it'll be unique. Um, okay, so let's put that aside for a second. You know, when Amazon started 17 years ago, one of their promises was to deliver your packages in two days. And of course, now we're so, you know, we want Amazon now. So uh, we get Amazon the next day or a couple days. They predict that they'll be able to deliver packages in the not so distant future dan i hope this wasn't your story no in like 60 to 90 minutes because they'll be delivering it with them drones i can't wait for that to happen i just can't wait for a drone to show up at my door i can't see it i can't like how what if a drone falls on a kid i don't get that i don't i don't know how they can do that I don't know how air traffic control is not involved in that i, I don't know either except uh, they're gonna f- that somehow they're gonna figure it out with, with like low level drone uh routes or something well they can do anything nowadays sure they can did you see he held a news conference or a, a, an interview yesterday what's his name jeff bezos? jeff bezos yeah they're going to lay off 10,000 people because of the downturn. And he gives this warning about the economy. He's telling people, hold on to your cash. Don't buy big ticket items like a television. And I'm thinking, has he checked the price of a television? It's like two or 300 bucks for like a decent TV now or 400. Like it's that severe. Don't spend. He's saying to big ticket items like, oh, don't buy a washing machine. It's like, well, maybe he's so out of touch. He doesn't know what a, he doesn't know what the cost of things. But, but that's st- scary stuff when they're telling you not to buy that. Well, isn't, isn't it interesting that you brought up, I brought up Amazon, you brought up Bezos, and Bezos also, uh, probably in that same conference, announced that he's going to give away, hundred. His, his fortune is $124 billion, is what he's worth. Mm-hmm. He and his, a lot like uh, Gates and Warren Buffett, who have pledged to, give away their fortunes in their lifetime. And I started to think about that. I don't know if Bezos has kids or not, but Bezos is worth $124 billion. He could give away $100 billion and still be worth $24 billion. So are his kids going, oh, hold, hold on a second there, Pops. What are we talking about here? How many billion are we actually giving away? Mm-hmm. Think about that. $100 billion you could give away and still be one of the richest people on the planet. Okay, tell me if I'm turning into a naive lefty. 
But I said this to the little woman last night whilst we're watching the news. Mm. That story, they talked about that. And then I'm thinking, well, wait a minute. He's about to lay off 10,000 people because of the supply chain problems. Like, does he really need to? Why, why can't one of these guys just say, you know what? I got 124 billion people. I'll pull you people through this next little downturn. Sure. Just as a tribute to your work as my employees. It's like, are we so hung up on bottom line that just think about that? He could do that. Yeah. Ten, how much money does he need 10, to 10,000 people make really in a week <laughs> when you add it up? Dan, do some math. How much uh, does that cost to uh, 10,000 people? <laughs> it would be insignificant to the 10 well. billion. But then he starts in and then he's got, you know, he's got all those, you know, he's trying to uh, kill off unions that uh, are trying to start up in the whole Amazon thing. He, he's not uh, the type of guy who's going to be. Uh, I can't. Uh, I can't people. wait for Fred to become full on lefty, you know, start to, uh, yeah. you know, make his own can. Candles and uh, start smelling, oh, well, start smelling like just, patchouli. That's just dollars and cents in and out and logic to me. It's like, like at one point, we've so lost the compassion. It's weird. It's just weird. It troubles me. Well, I don't want you to be too troubled. Um, before Dan's news, though, I do want to make sure we acknowledge these people. I know you've already spoke about them, but what about this message? Interesting your... Hold on a second. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, Dan. Yeah, it's that, okay. Yeah, uh, yeah. I know. If I only hit a mouse. Here we go. Cursing during your commute again. Do you find yourself living at work instead of working from home? Couldn't this have been an email? When it feels like all that's left is work hard. <sighs> You know it's time to play. It's easy to find your next favorite game at Bodog.net. Play free casino games, get poker tips, and check out the latest sports odds. Visit Bodog.net today. Hashtag make a play. Okay, so we got to the world population. That's a Dan Duran story coming up in the news. Mm-hmm. Um, did you guys see this story about landlines? This is from the States, but uh, it's, I'm sure it applies. Telecommunications companies once employed 350,000 U.S. landline operators. Operators, yeah. I saw that. Today, there are just... What would you say? Okay, if, if, Freddie, why don't you make a guess? If at one time there was 350,000 landline operators, and for you people who don't know what we're talking about, you could call a number and a, a person would answer. They be called as dial zero or you dial, you know, 411. So if there was once 350,000, so in Canada, 35,000, mm-hmm. what would you say it's now how many land? Canada or the world? In, in, in the U.S. Oh, in the U.S.? I'm sorry. So if there was once um, 350,000. If this is a story, it must be dramatic. I don't know, maybe three or 4,000, maybe. 550. Oh, wow. AT&T is ending its landline operator service in 21 states. So if those are, you just do the 10%. So if at one time there was 35,000 Canadian landline operators, that would mean right now there's only 55, there's only 55 people going, hang on a second. I can't remember. Pretty soon, yeah, pretty soon there were those songs like Operator. That's right. You no remember Operator that sure. Manhattan Transfer or something. Uh, people have no idea what that's all about. Uh, first of all, I don't have a landline, but I, I can't remember the last... To say I love you, I just called to say I care. Well, you can still call somebody and say I love you. I know. You I just can't can. call an operator. Yeah, was it about the operator? The only it's one that has operator. a landline... I know the one you're talking about. The only person that has a landline here is, is Freddie. When's the last time you called um, an operator? 
Howie. Howie. Can't tell you. Long years. Here's the song Dan's referring to. Uh, oh, Dan, sing along with this. I, I know you can do it. <laughs> Give me long distance. distance. It's a anyway. great song. Long distance. And then it really gets going. Yeah, when they do uh, Dancing with the Washed Up Stars, we should we should uh, do our little... Uh, here we go. I remember that when you'd be away somewhere. Operator, I'd like to place a collect call to, uh, you know, uh, whatever my number, 7595937, please. That's right. And then your parent would get on the other end and accept the charges. And Wow. Yeah. I know. I, we've talked about this before, how calling long distance used to be such a big deal that you only mm-hmm. did it in, you know, in emergency situations. Um, we used our, to have this thing where we would cheat the phone company. So if you're going somewhere and it was long distance, you would just phone and let the let it ring just once. That, mean you, that means you had, had arrived and everything. <laughs> That's right. That was the code Seriously. in the house. Yeah. That's really funny. Uh, well, listen, without further ado and delay, it's time no. for... Here's to a fella named Dan Duran, a hell of a guy with a hella big wang, the quintessential anchor man. his voice is nice and low. Huh. Dan Duran, the anchor man comes, as for credentials, he has none, can't tell a headline from his bum, but his voice is nice and low. Dan Duran, the anchorman's here He's prone to falling off his chair But he's got a big wang So he don't care And his voice is nice and low My voice is nice and low And now live from uh, the Sketchway Studios Dan Duran's news today Brought to you by ebnet.ca ebnet.ca A unique way of getting into the world of electric vehicles And their selection includes Bolt, Kona, Outlander, Nissan, Leaf, Tesla Model 3 and more, evnet.ca. Now here's Anchorman Dan Duran. Well, here's a surprising story. <laughs> the baby counters at the UN baby counting department feel that today is a big day for humanity. Uh, somewhere on the planet will be the uh, will be born the world's eighth billionth person, mm. according to the UN project projections. I know this is surprising to both of you Wow, I was, had no idea. No idea. There's so many people are living on the planet. Of course, there's a lot of people who are saying, well, we, have, we, have, we don't have room. <laughs> there's, not enough, there's not enough room on this planet for... And, and you know, there's some... Uh, there have been great cases made that we've got too many people on the planet because we are using up the biological resources and the resources of the planet faster than they can regenerate right now. So that that's something to think about. Uh, Joel Cohen of the Rockefeller University Laboratory of Populations had said that uh, the overconsumption of fossil fuels, for example, leads to more carbon, carbon dioxide emissions, global warming on the go. He said, we are stupid. We lacked foresight. We are greedy. We don't use the information we have. That's where the choices and the problems lie. That guy sounds like a super fun guy to hang with. <laughs> can, I sit next to, can I sit next to that dude at the party? Hey, where's Joel? Let's go. Where's Joel? What are the compounding numbers? Like, I know, like, so when will it double? So 
It'll be eight point five billion in twenty thirty, nine point seven billion in twenty fifty. So, you know, the more people, the quicker that compounding happens. It's like yeah, it's like compound interest. Yeah, like what what do you do? Like who do you side? And again, those conspiracy theorists think you know that's the vaccine is to eliminate people. You know, and Bill Gates is behind that and all that mm-hmm. shit. That's right. But how do you decide who gets to go and who gets to say? We could start with all the MAGA people, right? We could just push them off a cliff, and that would that would start. But that's just a uh, drop in the bucket, though. Oh, no, I know, but it's a good start. Okay, fine. Let's get the yeah. mega people. Let's round them all somewhere. up. <laughs> you got to start somewhere. Well, start okay. by killing people. But okay, think about yeah. this. Um, so the MAGA vote in the, the 2020 election, which was stolen by the Democrats, as we all know, uh, was 70 million people. And the reason I, I think that's significant is because of this other stat that Dan hadn't brought up. That is 8 billion people on planet Earth. What percentage are Canadians? I have that number. of the population of Earth are Canadians, so double that would be MAGA people. So we're only talking about 0.01%. And as you say, it's a start. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They're all miserable. They don't want to be here anyway. But think about the uh, the fact that our, our country only compromises a tiny fraction of the Earth's population. And it does give you pause to think about, you know, how what is the significance of one country over others? But really, the major population centers, China, India, those are a couple billion, I mean, a billion each or so. It gives you pause. You mean I don't get to keep my hands? Okay, maybe we should just shut the show down. (laughs) If if that's where we're at. You know, no, no, you get the, exactly. all right. It gives you, all right, okay, okay. all right. I know, I know. It gives you pause here. <laughs> so I feel sorry for Bill because he said to me last night, so what are you going to be talking about tomorrow? I go, I have no idea. I could never have predicted that piece of gold. <laughs> you, you should really have a sponsorship for Fred's dad jokes, right? Yeah. So that, oh, there, that dad joke. Was yeah, that joke was brought to you by Aaron Ventures. <laughs> do you have, by the way, are you done everything you need to do? No, I have one more thing to talk about. Okay, Dan's uh, going to do a second story here in a second, I'm assuming. Yeah, I got Unless we've already uh, talked about it. So Talked first, about it uh, before Dan's second story, let's listen to the Manhattan transfer while Fred tells us this important message. Hey, it's Canada's number one group benefits plan for small business. The Chambers of Commerce Group Insurance Plan made the point yesterday, Howard's down there in Mexico, with the security of the travel element of the Chambers of Commerce Group Insurance Plan, just one of the many products under the umbrella. You have a small company, say one to a hundred employees. You can be part of this. Go to chamberplan.ca today. Get a free quote. It's all there. Very, very easy to become part of it. It's uh, the smart thing to do, especially you know, your employees will love you for it. Very simple to sign up and affordable. They keep a good line. They, they hold the line on premiums. I mean, they've done that for the past several years, even uh, after what we've been through. So it's the Chambers of Commerce Group Insurance Plan, chamberplan.ca. Okay. Um, uh, let me get rid of that for a second, and then we'll get back to Dan Duran music over here. And now the, uh, and now more news and views with Anchorman Dan Duran. Well, CBC has listed the top 10 most commonly stolen vehicles in Ontario for 2021. 
So I thought I'd uh, I'd bring your attention to what uh, what vehicles uh, are uh, are making it in the black market, and uh, if you've got any of them, uh, you know, like uh, maybe watch out a little bit, be a little more careful with uh, with. The, here's the the basically the top six, starting with the uh, the Land Rover Range Rover Sport. Yep. The Honda Civic is at number five. Really, Toyota. Toyota Highlander Highlander is uh, is that right Highlander sure Highlander mm-hmm. uh, at four the Ford F one fifty series truck is at number three that's number three you see that truck everywhere mm-hmm. yeah. I'd like all those to go. And are they going to go with the MAGA people, take them on? <laughs> we get rid of them. Because they'll be in those trucks. Yeah, that's right. Well, they will be, exactly. The great cull. <laughs> yeah. Those those trucks have uh, really gotten big over the years. Oh, yeah, the, they're the, everywhere, the F-150 man. F-150, was it always like a, a transport truck? <laughs> uh, I don't know, yeah, but it's, any, yeah. it's really become popular with the, like, 30-somethings, the, the people that should be, you know, more concerned about global warming than even we are, because they have kids now that are... It's it's an interesting. Yeah, and those trucks also suck up a lot of uh, petrol. Oh. Okay, Dan, keep going. The uh, the okay, list. Oh, by the, the way, uh, I, number I two would've... is the Honda CRV, and at number one, the Lexus RX series. You know, I was going to say I I would have predicted Land Rover was number one because I know somebody that had one of their uh, our my buddy Stinky had it stolen from his driveway. I thought Land Rover, but uh, what was the number one Lexus? Yeah, Lexus RX. They all look like uh, they're, uh, you know, SUV or trucks, except for the Honda Civic. The Honda Civic is the one that surprises me. Yeah, the Lexus RX, I think. But I, I guess the reason the Honda Civic is uh, stolen so much is uh, it, it's the only thing that Uber drivers drive. And so, let's see. They're all stolen by Uber drivers. Uh, we're watching this last night. That story comes up. Delise says to me, maybe we should get Danny to put a tracker on our vehicles. And I said, honey. Nobody wants my Sorento. <laughs> That's <laughs> funny. Nobody wants my old Not on the list. Sorento. Yeah. Not on. Far from it. By the way, I, I recently rewatched this Netflix special. I don't know if you, it just came to my mind, but I don't know if you guys have ever seen. It's called 100% Fresh. It's Adam Sandler doing stand-up and singing songs. You ever seen it? Mm-mm. No. I got to tell you, you guys would love it. It's just silly He's so funny and so silly, and all the songs are silly. One of his one of his songs is Uber. My Uber driver smells bad. <laughs> it's just, it's really funny. Uh, guys, go. You know what? This is your assignment oh, for I today. I will go watch. Called one hundred percent fresh. Uh, thanks to Jeff Lumby uh, for weighing in from uh, France tomorrow on the program. Let me just check. Dean, this is going to be really interesting. F- years ago. Uh, we used to have this woman on our program all the time. Um, Mary Jo Eustace and Ken Caustic would come on from time to time. They used to do a show called. Um, yeah, right. What's cooking? Uh, cooking or what's uh, was it? Yeah, something like that. What's for dinner? What's for dinner? Yeah. And, and uh, her and uh, her husband, Dean McDermott. Uh, who was an actor at the time, used to come on the Humble and Friends show. In fact, I was talking about this with you guys last week. I think she guest fretted a few times with me. Anyway, they uh, went off to Hollywood. Dean McDermott famously had an affair and then ended up had an affair on Mary Jo and ended up marrying Tori Spelling. And now they're back together, not as a couple, but they've come together to do a podcast called X's and Uh-Oh's about People that have like me and ex-wife Randy that are still friends, even though, you know, you're no longer a couple. And those are our guests tomorrow on this program. That will be very interesting. 
from a different, a bunch of different aspects, not the least of which is to catch up with Mary Jo Eustace. And because uh, she got for a while there back in the uh, Humble and Fred Hay days, which was like basically one day. And then, <laughs> that's right. One and day the, of hay. That's right. We had one. We had a hay day. <laughs> Other people. Oh, it's funny. Other people had hay days. We had like about a week. We had a hay week. <laughs> but uh, she was always a great guest. And uh, I, I anticipate tomorrow will be a lot of fun for everyone. So do join us. Uh, as we continue she's to grow. Sassy. She, oh, she's sassy. She's very sassy. Uh, that'll be tomorrow on this program. In the meantime, we say so long from San Miguel and parts unknown. Here's Dan Duran. This episode of Humble and Fred was brought to you by Bodog, the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, GoDaddy, Aaron Ventures, EVNet.ca, and our newest sponsor, Kelsey's, Canada's original roadhouse since 1978. Eat what you want to eat, drink what you want to drink, and be who you want to be. Enjoy classics like the legendary four-cheese spinach dip and unforgettable chicken wings. Feel your adventurous spirit that craves something a little different, a little more original. You can email us, Humble and Fred at Humble and Fred radio.com and on whatever platform you're listening we would really appreciate it if you help us out like us subscribe give us some stars say something nice about us for humble and fred i'm dan duran and tomorrow we'll find out what the view will be like from howard's just clap your hands just all right then call the it's a terrace i promise i'll go up there and investigate it all right see you folks 